Now, during the course of this pandemic, we've put on a lot of experts. Murray Cohn, formerly of the CDC, infectious disease specialist. And now we go locally to our buddy, Dr. Joseph Gastaldo, infectious disease specialist with Ohio Health. Dr. Gastaldo, how are you? Hello, Dr. Jordan. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for having me. Well, we wanted to get you on. I saw you on one of the local news channels last week. What is the story on this nasal vax? Is it a possibility? And when would something like that be available? Tell us. Yeah, so this is a while off. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on in industry and research looking for cures of vaccines. Sure. But, uh, that specific story was a type of antibody which is made in a lab. And what's being looked at is if you could take this antibody, put it in a nasal spray, and then the antibody would essentially bind and neutralize the virus. So again, that's a, that's a way off. That is a way off. We are more likely going to have probably a Tamiflu-type pill uh, for COVID-19, hopefully by the end of the year. So we, we really need treatment on the outpatient level. We have stuff for the hospital. We really need stuff to keep people out of the hospital. All right, Dr. Gastaldo, you have to dumb this down to radio people terms, okay? Sure. All right, so just think dumb radio guys like us. Explain to us how variants happen and how dangerous is this new Delta variant? Okay, we'll keep it simple. Variants happen because of mutations. Uh, think of like X-Men. They are, they are all mutants because they have uh, mutations in their genetic material and they have superpowers. So with so much infection going on in the world, this type of virus mutates. That's how these viruses perform. That's how they always behave. When they mutate, their genetic material can change. And think of them as developing a superpower. And some of the superpowers that the virus can obtain are pretty bad. Like some of the superpowers would be that the medicines don't work, the vaccines don't work, or the superpower is that they're more contagious. Now, that's not happening. Those superpowers of a vaccine not working, that's not happening. With all of the mutations and the variants we have, the vaccines give you a great layer of protection. But what is happening with this type of mutation, and we call it a variant, the Delta variant is at least 50 to up to 70% more contagious. So really, if anybody has infection with the Delta variant, it spreads easier from person to person. So that's the superpower that this Delta variant has. It spreads easier from person to person. Is it the most dominant variant in Ohio right now? It is. You know, we don't have good data on that, but based on national data, um, yes, it is. And I'd say it's probably above 50 percent. And moving forward, it's going to gain steam because this this uh, uh, mutated variant is the stronger variant that outcrowds the other ones. And with so much infection going on in the world, this is not going to be the last variant or the last sure. mutation. Mutations are always going to happen because there's so much infection going on. The key to stop the variants, to stop mutations, is to essentially minimize or get infections down as low as possible. Dr. Joseph Gastaldo's with us, Ohio Health. Yeah, so the virus is always mutating. It's always evolving or trying to, correct? That is correct. The virus wants wants to keep doing its thing. It It wants wants to live. (laughs) It wants to live. It wants to do its thing. And we really need to uh, get infection down. Now, I'm going to tell you another little secret. Guess what? This virus is never going away. We have to learn to live with COVID. 
when it's all said and done, this specific type of coronavirus is eventually going to be what we call an endemic virus, something that we see more like flu, or we see it more so on a seasonal basis in the winter months. And guess what? I don't want to be another Debbie Downer, but there's going to be another novel type of coronavirus someday. Sure. This is now the third novel coronavirus within a 20-year span. We're going to have more. Yeah, and so that, that kind of, you kind of segued me. This is radio magic, Dr. Gastaldo. Uh, you segued me into my next question. Singapore, I don't know if you read, they're, they're working to where they're very close, where you, they said exactly what you said, and they're not going to report it, where they realized it's part of, the, part of their day, get vaccinated and do your thing. At what point do we get to that level? Because the truth still is, if you get vaccinated, you got a really good chance not to get sick. That is correct. So uh, we still have work to do when it comes to getting vaccines into people's arms. So let's recap and reflect on that a little bit. So in the state of Ohio, for example, 56% of all people 18 and up are fully vaccinated and 81%, 81% of those 65 and above are fully vaccinated. That's in Ohio. But when you look at that in each individual county, Franklin County is a little bit above 50%, Delaware County is in the 60% range. But if you look at more rural counties, it's in the 30% range. And that's going to happen. Um, and we're going to see more COVID in those areas. If you look at other states, you know, this buzzword they're saying, uh, it's a, it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated, and that's true. If you look at the states where there's little hot pockets of, of COVID, Missouri, uh, Arkansas, sure. uh, the, Jackson, the Jacksonville, Florida area, those are areas where there's low vaccination rates. So it really is turning into that, and we're seeing that, that play before our eyes. Now, Dr. Gasol, let me ask you this. You talk about those states that they have uh, you know, low vaccine rate, uh, vaccination rates. I think it's North Carolina where they, they are going door to door, not to see if people are vaccinated, but to, to g- actually give them the vaccine. To say, hey, listen, you don't even have to leave your house. We're right here. If you've had fears about it, we're going to take care of it in your own home. Is that something that maybe Ohio would think about doing, a mobile vaccination unit down in the uh, the rural counties? Yeah, we're doing that at Ohio Health with, with our mobile clinics. But you know what? We need to remove obstacles for people to get vaccinated. Some of the obstacles earlier on, like um, making a phone call, making an appointment, transportation, those are big obstacles yeah. for a lot of people. And we really need to uh, recognize that. Another thing, too, is there are still people who have a lot of concerns about the vaccines and we need to talk with those people from a vantage point of love, respect and understanding. You can't be dismissive of people's concerns. That gets nowhere. And, and you know, uh, every day when I go to work at Riverside, I always have four or five emails uh, from people who want to really get their concerns addressed. And those concerns that matter to people, they need to be addressed before hopefully they could choose to get vaccinated. Now we're talking to Dr. Joseph Castaldo, infectious disease specialist with Ohio Health. No, I agree with you. Education is key and stay off social media and reading these opinions of people who don't know what they're talking about. But that being said, Dr. Castaldo, at what point do we say, okay, the vaccine has been here for six months, a year, whatever it is. You know the dangers if you don't get the vaccine. But at what point do we start kind of moving forward away from that and start get, get realizing, like you said earlier, it's not going away? Yeah, well, uh, I think what you're asking about is a vaccine requirement or passport or whatever you want to call it. And again, uh, I'm not talking from a political perspective, but, you know, we have uh, required vaccines that we all get as kids. Yeah. Uh, there's, there, there's a lot of adult vaccines we get, and um, we really want to 
provide um, the right information for people to get vaccinated, albeit, you know, at Ohio Health, uh, we have a mandatory flu vaccine. We have required vaccines when you go into healthcare, and and I do see slowly more mm. uh, vaccine requirements. If you look at the, if you look at universities, for example, uh, the University of Notre Dame, all the public universities in California, Rutgers University, uh, all of the colleges and universities, there's a growing list of required vaccines uh, that are happening every day, and uh, you know I, I do see. Uh, differences in how people can do things if they're vaccinated or not. If you go, want to go to Europe, they only want you in if you're fully vaccinated. Um, uh, so, again, we're going to be seeing that. But these vaccines are not experimental. The experiment is not getting vaccinated. You know, I think we're on a pathway to get the, getting the vaccine officially FDA approved. And hopefully that'll even help more people feel comfortable to get the vaccine. Dr. Joe, I was uh, on the fence originally and not for any reason politically or anything. But I thought, well, maybe I'll just wait and see. And then uh, it became available like... You know, right now, I was having my coffee on a Saturday morning. I went to my neighborhood mom and pop, got the shot, and I'll be damn. If I'm honest, I couldn't be. Ha- I, it's just one less thing. I just feel better when I'm out knowing that I have the vaccine, that I've been vaccinated. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have a wonderful layer of protection. And again, uh, I'll share my experience. I got the Pfizer vaccine. Uh, my first vaccine shot I had no problem with. The second vaccine shot I got, I was off kilter for a day. I went home. I felt like I had man flu for about 24 hours, but I stayed home. I hydrated, took Tylenol, and I was fine the next day. And, um, you know, people react to the vaccine a little bit different. Uh, you can't get COVID from the vaccine. I want to say that again. You cannot get COVID from the vaccine. But, um, you know, everybody's immune system is different. Some people, when they get the shot, uh, they do feel off kilter for a day or two. But, uh, but everybody gets back to uh, normal after a few days. Well, I, I got mine from a dude in a van. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Down by the river. It burns when he pees. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. <laughs> hey, settle this for me, Dr. Gastaldo, because this was a big thing last week, and it's just so many different messages from different people, and i sure sure it gets annoying because you don't know real from fake. But uh, should little kids, three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five, should they be double masking? They don't need a double mask, no. You know, this whole thing about double masking was based on a, a, a lab study that's showing if you double mask, it performs just as well as an N95 mask. Look, when you wear a mask, you have to wear the mask the correct way. It has to be well-fitted, has to cover your nose, has to cover your mouth, and it has to cover your chin, and you don't want to have a lot of loose um, ends to allow air to come in. But you don't need a double mask. You want to wear the mask properly you want it to be well fitted but other than that you don't need a double mask should kids be wearing masks to school this year yeah so that's a an area of a lot of controversy first thing i want to say is we need to get kids into schools schools can be open safely uh teachers should be vaccinated kids 12 and above should be vaccinated and tentatively, it was just announced that we will likely have the vaccine sometime in the winter month for those down to the age of five years old. So when that vaccine becomes available, I want to see the studies and hopefully recommend the vaccine for those in five years old. Now, um, th- go ahead. No, you, you finish up. Go ahead. Uh, and again, kids can get COVID. Kids are low risk for COVID. Low risk is not zero risk. There's roughly been about 400 deaths in kids uh, related to COVID. Uh, Kids can transmit COVID to people with weakened immune systems. They can transmit COVID to people who don't have immunity. 
So um, kids need to be placed in school with the best safety precautions out there. And, and the CDC cannot give detailed safety precautions for each individual school. They give a guideline and give the schools different layers on what to do uh, to protect children. Wow. Well, that's great stuff. Hi, Dr. Joe. You are the best. You're always so good with your time. And uh, my Celebrex is running a little low. Could you place a call for me? <laughs> hey, uh, happy to put it in. Celebrex is a great drug. Right. Thanks, Dr. Gestaldo. <laughs>